Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to Setting the Standard, the podcast from Standards and Instructional Support at the Colorado Department of Education. I'm Raymond Johnson, the mathematics specialist. And I'm Carla Aguilar, the music specialist. And today we feel like we have reached a milestone in podcasting because uh, for two reasons. I'll say because one, this is our 50th episode of this podcast and we are going to do the very thing that podcasters sometimes do. We are going to make a podcast about somebody else's podcast because Carla, you've been doing some work to contribute to another podcast. Yes, that's right. So that's exciting that it's the 50th one, Raymond. That's amazing. So congratulations on uh, getting 50 episodes out there into the world. This is great. Right. And we were marching really steadily there one a week. But then summer happened and switching up some hosting things and it's okay. That's another nice thing about podcasts is that we can kind of do this on a flexible schedule if we want, but we're, we're aiming to be more regular with it. That's great. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about music blocks. Yeah. This was um, a podcast that I was um, involved with over the summer in conjunction with Colorado Public Radio. And I had a chance to listen to music blocks. And it's, it's fun. (laughs) There were, there were uh, seven episodes and each one was uh, sometimes just what, five, six, seven minutes long. So it's a really easy listen. And yes, it's about music, but you served as uh, some sort of like a academic advisor. Yeah. I think they, we call, ended up calling it educational consultant. Yeah, basically my role was just to help with some of the content they were choosing for the different episodes and to help with listening to the episodes and making sure that the music portions were like correct, that there was like they're presenting the information kind of accurately to what it means to a musician and to somebody who has some music background. And the podcast itself was hosted by Luis Antonio Perez and Rebecca Romberg. And I believe Louis said he was a former DJ. And so he had a background in music that way. Um, Yes. That was probably very interesting to try to think about which musical artists and which, which songs to, to bring up in these episodes. Yeah, it was, um, it was really fun. Once we landed on um, the theme, which is feelings, once we decided to pick feelings as the main theme for the set of episodes for music blocks, Basically, they, myself, the Colorado Public Radio whole family, including classical and indie, they all kind of crowdsourced each other. And we're like, here are some ideas of the different feelings that we want to put into the to these episodes. And so they created a like a Google spreadsheet, right, with all this information. And they kind of picked some of the best of the best. And really, one of the goals, one of the things that I brought in was that I don't I was really um, suggesting that we not just pick one genre or style or kind of music that we were really crossing a lot of different styles. So there were opportunities to have current popular music. Olivia Rodriguez is a very popular uh, singer um, right now. Some of her music is in there. And there's also music from different countries in Africa. There's some music from South Korea, some K-pop. So there's like a lot of different, we're crossing all different kinds of cross parts of the world and having these different styles of music and types of music included. So you mentioned the theme and that's the part that really stood out to me, both because it was novel to me to organize each episode by feeling, 
And it just gave a different perspective on how to categorize music. Because I think a lot of people would have thought, oh, you could do one episode per decade of music. Or you could do one episode per genre of music and do a country episode and a rock episode. But that's not how it's organized. So you, the, the episode titles are things like Happy and You Know It and Sad Sad Songs and Feeling Pretty Bad and Feeling Pretty Good. And there's one episode called Surprise. And you break down in each episode that, you know, like, what is it that makes parts of music feel sad? What is it that makes music sound happy? And what, what makes it, you know, where do surprises present themselves in music? And I don't know that I'd ever heard music approached that way before. Yeah, we, <clears throat> over the summer, well, I guess like at the end of last school year, we worked with some teachers and did a little pilot episode and shared it with teachers to try to get some feedback. And this was the idea of feelings was what came up from, from the teachers. And I think partly because if they wanted to use it in their classroom and have a short listening example that they could, they could have as part of a class period that they wanted something that the students could kind of just like pick up on quickly. And they're, um, they could take away, they could, the teachers could keep going with, but it wouldn't take a lot of lead time to get into the episode. And so this was an idea that the teachers really felt like was interesting to them and would be useful for the students. The students would really like there could be more engagement from the students. They would feel really connected to that. So as we started putting the the episodes together, they were pulling on different ideas and we worked on like, yeah, let's listen to some lyrics. Let's listen to different kinds of timbres of instruments that are used. Let's look at um, little short motive. So something that repeats over and over again, an ostinato, how does that get used in a piece of music um, to add suspense or to add um, some some other interesting element to, to that? So yeah, we re- really wanted to approach it from a very listener-friendly perspective, because I think this was another element that as a music teacher myself, and then as we're thinking about bringing some of these music ideas into classrooms, that listening tends to be one of the things that teachers are like, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. And then it just doesn't happen because we're focused so much on performing and making music that we don't listen to it as much. And so the I, part of the idea of music blocks was to give teachers a few minutes of time and class period that they could devote strictly to listening and then maybe have a conversation with their students or have some opportunity for the students to continue a conversation about feelings or about some of the the different kinds of music constructs and connections that we were making with those pieces of music. I like how it feels like a very gentle introduction into some music theory. And and you and I have had this conversation in the past that I was a band geek in middle school and high school. I played the tuba and I could read sheet music and I could play it quite well, but I never really felt like I got into the theory side of things. And now I find myself drawn to certain kinds of explanation videos that I find on YouTube, like the Vox Earworm series. And Rick Beato is a music teacher who breaks down what makes songs great. And I get sucked into some of his videos. And then there's a newer channel called Professional Musicians React, where they break down songs. So when they talk about how certain chords tend to make people feel or changes in chords like, oh, the, you know, this leaves sort of the feeling unresolved and all that. I feel like, oh, this is this is the kind of thing I would have learned had I gone on to study music 
instead of mathematics in college. And so it's very interesting in retrospect to see somebody else break it down and see it's like, oh yeah, I, I do hear how that, like this keychain makes you feel a certain way or this rhythm or this mixture of time signatures creates a certain emotion. And so for music blocks to organize that that way, but not get too technical about it, uh, seems like it'd be really useful for students who are like me, who are really into music, but you know, maybe their school doesn't really offer a theory class, or maybe they're just not ready for a whole class that's called music theory. Certainly. Yeah. I think that, I uh, know the way music makes you feel is also, I mean, I think we try to bring this out in music blocks, which is a, a cultural thing. So there's like, there's these different elements that are attached to that. And just depending on the uh, culture, which for our, for our students and for us, we tend to listen to music that we would, as a music expert, would classify as Western music. Um, and we just kind of have that as our, as our backdrop. But it is kind of interesting to then do some comparisons with other cultures and trying to understand what sounds they're using uh, or could be using to be making similar kinds of um, connections emotionally or um, through the sounds that, that the sounds that they're using. So I think that's an, yeah, it's important that we're thinking about that, but also to recognize that that's one way to look at music and to think about music and that not all cultures think about music in exactly the same way. That sounds like uh, some, the, the seed of what could become music blocks season two right. is to take a more international perspective about sure. how different cultures um, commu uh, communicate some of these emotions through their music. So I encourage people to check it out. It's it, like I said, the episodes are short and I said there were seven episodes, which isn't entirely true. There are seven episodes that focus on seven different feelings, but there's also sort of the say hello to music blocks introductory trailer, but then also an episode that was how to use music blocks for educators and parents. So if you're a teacher listening to this, you know, one of the episodes is a little guidance about how to use the episodes and we'll be sure to, to put links to the series into the show notes. And if you're already a podcast listener, you probably can find it for yourself, but we'll put some, uh, put a link in there to help you find it. I also want to make one other comment about that. Raymond is if you dig into each episode's, um, website, there are some questions that I helped craft that could be used to you in class. Or if you're driving around with your, your kids or people that you want to chat with about this, that there's some like in kind of inquiry kind of questions that you could ask or sort of think about, including what if you, if you wanted to make your own kind of playlists and your own kinds of ideas related or bring your own kinds of ideas related to some of these feelings, what could you do? So there's some different ways that teachers can, or other people can use these to facilitate conversations and open up some opportunities to talk about music or feelings or whatever they're, whatever they want to do that in that moment. That sounds great. So not only did we make it to episode 50, but now we've given listeners some bonus content to listen to. Yes, that's great. Yeah. So I encourage people to check that out and uh, keep checking us out. We'll keep putting out episodes. Like I said, we're aiming for weekly. We might not get there, but we can be flexible. We just know this won't be the last one. So keep listening and join us again next time on Setting the Standard. 